0: Good morning. I'm glad you're here today. I hope you're glad to be here today. The Lord has blessed us with another beautiful day, another beautiful time of of health and gathering here to worship and glorify Him. We have been doing a series on the apostles, the twelve. You know, Jesus took twelve guys and He chose these twelve men and He trained them for about two and a half to three years. And then he sent them out, and everything that we know of about Christianity today is a result of the work in large part of these twelve guys and how they began to spread this gospel throughout the world. We're going to talk about one of them today in particular, that there's not a whole lot in the Bible about this guy. His name is Thaddeus, and Thaddeus is also in the Bible called Judas Many times when you hear him, he's Judas, the son of James, and they'll say Judas, not Iscariot, because they don't want this guy labeled as Judas, the guy who turned against Jesus. You know, if your name was Dusty, And the one great scoundrel that everyone knew was named Dusty. And he'd gone to church here. Every time we talked about this Dusty, we'd go, Dusty, not that guy, but this Dusty. And that's kind of the way it is with this Judas. He's also called Thaddeus. So to save any confusion, I'm going to call him Thaddeus as we talk about him today. There's very little in the Bible about this guy, but one story in particular. Just one time, this guy shows up. And there's there's an occasion where Jesus is gathered with his disciples. And it's a very solemn and somber occasion. You know, in our lives, there are times that we have a sense of our own mortality, right? I mean, there are times that you realize you're not going to get out of this alive. There are times that you think about the fact... That someday you're going to die. We all face times like that. I thought about that a lot after Justin died. I had a sense of mortality. I just, you know, my friend was gone and I knew it was a finality. And and I remember the last time I talked to him and the things that he said to me. And we knew, we both knew. When I left, I told him, I'm going to hold a meeting. But when I'm done, I'm going to come back down here and see you. But we both knew that's probably not going to happen. He probably wasn't going to make it a while back we in the morning Carrie and Jacob were leaving to go somewhere and I had gotten on to Jacob and I'd been kind of harsh with him about something and before we they backed out the driveway Carrie rolled down her window and she said hey you talk nice to him before we leave (laughs) well she didn't have any sense that they were going to be killed on the way but if something like that happened she wanted to be sure that I'd talked nice with him or if I died of a heart attack while they were gone she wanted his last memory of the things I said to be good you know I'm leaving this week to go to Nigeria my kids are all here they're partially here because of Easter they're partially here because well we want to go see dad one last time because you never know it's Nigeria right and I hope you pray for my safe safe return and our good work while we're over there Jesus, right before he died, spent some time with these twelve men. And he talked to them about a lot of different things. And we've got a record of that in the book of John. And while they were talking, five different questions were asked of Jesus by the disciples. They had five different questions for him that are recorded and of those five questions, one of them was asked by Thaddeus. And it's the only thing the Bible tells us about Thaddeus that he ever said or that he ever did that we know about. And so we're going to look at that and see the context in what Jesus was saying and what Thaddeus asked and what his answer was and why I believe that's relevant to you and I today. There were five questions. Jesus told his disciples... Some of them, He said, I want you to go on into town. There's going to be a guy there who's going to have a cult, and I want you to meet him, and I want you to go, and I want you to make preparation for the Passover. Now, the Passover is a Jewish feast. It's a feast where they commemorated the time that God came to Egypt to release them from bondage. And He killed the firstborn of everyone in Egypt except for the people who had blood painted on their doorpost. And when God came to a house and saw blood on the doorpost. He would pass over that house and go to the next house and kill the firstborn in the next house. They called it the Feast of the the Passover. It was a very holy feast for Jewish people. Every year they celebrated this feast. And it was important to Jesus. Jesus did that every year of His life. He celebrated this Passover feast. He told His disciples, He said, I want to eat this with you. So they gather in an upper room and when they get there, they have made preparations for the Passover feast and they all came in. And as you can see them all sitting around the table here in this picture, that's, I think, pretty similar to what they did. They their tables were low and they would sit on the floor and they would gather around that. And, you know, they walked and their feet were dirty. They wore sandals on dirt roads and And it was common to have someone, a servant, wash people's feet, just like we commonly wash our hands before we eat. And no one had washed their feet. So Jesus gets up and grabs a towel and he grabs a tub of water. And he begins to wash the feet of his disciples. And he gets to Peter and Peter says, (laughs) no, Lord, you are not washing my feet. And Jesus said, Peter, if you don't let me wash your feet, I don't have anything to do with you. And he said, OK, Lord, I tell you what, just wash me all over. then. I mean, he I want you, Lord. He was good hearted. He had the greatest of motives in that. Jesus washed their feet and he says, you don't understand what I've done to you. You will later. But I want you to do the same thing for each other. That's love and serve. That's what he was doing. They didn't, they knew the feet had been washed, but they didn't understand the point of what was going on here. And the Bible says after this happened, Jesus was troubled in his spirit. You ever feel troubled in your spirit by something? He was troubled in his spirit. And he looked at him and he said, One of you guys tonight is going to betray me. One of you is going to betray me. And they all looked around at each other. And Peter looks over at John, who's sitting right next to Jesus and leaned up on Jesus and talking to him. Peter motions to John to ask a question. was a question that was on everyone's mind. It's the first question we're going to talk about just a little bit here. He says, who is it? The Bible says they all began to look at each other and wonder who it was. Now, that's strange to me because what we know about Judas, I would think they would all look at Judas and go, dude. What are, you, what are you fixing to do? They didn't. You know what their main question was? Lord, is it me? Is it me? Because Jesus knew their hearts better than they did. Is it me? And he told him. he said, it's the guy that I dip my bread in the in the soup same time he does. He told John that. And when Judas took the bread and dipped it, Jesus dipped at the same time. Now, I don't understand all what went on there. I don't know why they still let Judas leave. But Jesus looks at Judas and he says, Judas, you go do what you have to do. Do it quickly. The Bible says that nobody understood that. Judas kept the money. They thought he was going to give money to the poor or to make some kind of arrangements that Jesus had sent him to do. They just weren't suspicious of that My. My opinion is, and this is just my opinion, but my opinion is, they were all still focused on, am I going to deny the Lord? And old Peter's sitting here going, there ain't no way, I'm going to deny the Lord. Not me. And Jesus tells them, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews where I'm going, you cannot come. He said, I'm going to be here a little bit longer, guys, but I want you to know you can't go where I'm going. And Peter jumps up and Peter says, no, Lord. He says, I'll go with you anywhere. I'll die with you. <coughs> where could Jesus be going that these people wouldn't know? He leads to this next question is, Lord, where are you going? Where are you headed, Lord. If you're going to go somewhere we can't go, I mean, they think (coughs) the time has come that he's about to become king. Remember, just a few days ago, he comes into Jerusalem and people, crowds are gathered, huge crowds, and they're laying their clothes down and stuff in the road. They think Jesus is fixing to be king. Where on earth could he be going that they couldn't his right hand men couldn't go with them? And Jesus answered, you can't follow me now to the place where I'm going. However, you will follow me later. He says, not right now, guys. But soon. You can't go where I'm fixing to go right now. But you will. But they didn't understand that. There's so much here that they didn't understand. And the next question is, then how can we know the way? He said, I'm going and you can't go with me, but you know the way and you will follow later. (laughs) The natural question, Lord, if we don't know where you're going, how can we know the way to get there? They don't understand. They think it's just a simple, physical going away of Jesus. And Jesus's response to that is this. I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Isn't Jesus being cryptic? I mean, he says, I'm going to be here a little while and then I'm going to go and you can't follow me. Just like I told the Jews, you can't go where I'm going. Well, Lord, I'll go with you anywhere. Where are you going? Well, you know where I'm going and you know the way. Lord, we don't know the way. Well, I'm the way. I mean, it's all very mysterious and cryptic to them. They don't understand. Jesus knows. You know what he knows? He knows in less than 24 hours he's going to be hanging on a cross he's going to be paying for the sins of all mankind and they can't come with him when he does that they'll stand at the foot of the cross and they'll watch but they can't come with him only he can do this he says this i will not leave you alone I will come back to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. You will live because I live. So, he says, I'm going away. They say, where? He said, well, you know where, and you know the way, but you can't come right now. And they said, we don't know the way. Where, where are you going to go? What's the way? And he says, I'm the way. He says, however. And he gives them a little comfort here. He says, I won't leave you alone. He says, I will come back to you. Now we know this is Easter Sunday after all, right? It's Easter Sunday, which makes a lot of people think about Jesus who never think about Him the rest of the year. Because on Easter Sunday, it's celebrated that Jesus came from the grave on Easter Sunday. and we don't know what Sunday it was, what day it was historically. But this is the day that Christendom has chosen to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. We know that's what Jesus is talking about. He says, I'll come back. I'll come out of that grave. But they don't know this yet. They don't understand what's going on. And notice what he says here. He says, I'll come back to you. And then he says this. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Now, that's really weird. Because they think he's just fixing to be king. And he's going to be king and rule the whole world. He's going to rule everything as the promised Messiah. He's going to free them from Roman bondage. Everyone's gathered around and put clothes and branches in front of them and shouted, Hosanna. And they said, tell your disciples to be quiet. And he said, if they're quiet, the rocks are going to cry out. The whole world's going to. How on earth are you going to reveal yourself to us? We're going to see you, but no one else is going to see you. And good old Thaddeus, sitting there listening to all this, he's going, this doesn't make sense. And so he opens his mouth and the only words Thaddeus says, how will you show yourself to us and not to the world? Lord, it doesn't make any sense. How can we see you if you're going to be king? How can just us have this vision or this seeing this revealing of you? And not the whole world. You're not making sense to us, Lord. He's confused. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Really? How is that an answer to this question? Are you following the story here and the confusion and the difficulty the, the challenge in understanding what's going on here. And his answer to Thaddeus's question of how are we going to see you and the whole world not see you. Is this. You love me. You'll keep my words. You will do what I tell you to do. And if you do what I tell you to do. If you keep my words. You'll know me. I'll come and I'll be with you. My father will come. And make his home with you. If you'll do that. He goes ahead then and says this. He who does not love me. Does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine. But the father who sent me. He said you know there's going to be a distinction. And that distinction is going to be very plain. And very simple. If you love me. You're going to do what I tell you to do. And if you don't love me. You're not. Brothers and sisters. Friends. We live in a world that needs that message. We need people to understand that all of the excuses, all of the, well, yeah, I love God, but that doesn't matter. Jesus made it very cut and dried and very simple. And it's a way you can tell whether you love God or not. Will you do what He tells you to do? Do you? Do you even know what He tells you to do? If you know and don't do. What does that say? Jesus said it, it says you don't love me. What he said. Because if you love me. You'll do what I tell you to do. Now the truth is we all have times. Every one of us has times. The apostle Peter's fixing to have a time. Here in just a few moments. Where he denies him. In fact all of the disciples. Are going to have a time here in just a little bit. Where they run and forsake the Lord. We've all got times. We all need forgiveness. But you know, you know in your life, you know in your heart, do you live to serve Jesus? Do you do what Jesus tells you to do? Does that motivate and matter to you? If it is, you love the Lord, He'll be with you. If you don't, then all of the lip service doesn't matter. All of the say in the right things at the right time doesn't matter. What matters is whether I love Jesus enough to do what he asks me to do. And then Jesus says this. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. This is still his answer to Thaddeus. That he has said, Lord, how how are we going to see you in the whole world? Not see. And he says, here's the thing. Number one, if you love me, you're going to do what I tell you to do. And the Father and I will come dwell with you. If you don't love me, number two, then you won't obey me. Number three, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is going to remind you of everything I have to say. Everything I've told you, he's going to remind you of. Everything I want you to do, He's going to tell you, so you're going to know. I'll be with you all the time through my Holy Spirit. And then He says this, a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father. He's still keeping that same theme. He's still telling him, I'm fixing to leave. He says, you know what? I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he'll always be with you. And you'll know everything I said. And if you love me, you'll do what I've told you to do. And if you don't love me, you won't. He said, you're not going to see me for a little while. I'm going to the father. When I go to the father, you won't see me. But then in a little while, you will see me. And this is where he puts in that really famous part. That we've all heard over and over and over. Where he says. In my father's house are many mansions. If it weren't true. I would have told you so. But he said I go to prepare a place for you. And then I'm going to come again. He's going home. He's going to see the father. These guys still don't understand that. So they ask another question. They say. What do you mean by a little while? You know little while can mean a lot of different things. Can't it Jacob. Sometimes I say, we'll do that in a little while, and Jacob goes, Well, what does that mean? <laughs> does that mean we're going to do it like in an hour, or does that mean in six weeks? What does that <laughs> what does a little while mean? It can mean a lot of different things. They don't understand. They don't know. They say, Lord, you say you're going to be with us a little while, and then you're going to be gone for a little while, and then you're going to be back for What do you mean by a little while? And Jesus tells them this. I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. I said, Lord, what do you mean we won't see you for a little while? He says, I want you to know you're going to be you're going to be devastated. You're going to be sorrowful, you're going to weep and you're going to mourn. But the world's going to rejoice while you're weeping and mourning, you're going to have sorrow You're going to be very sad, but that time of sadness will pass and that time of sadness will be turned into joy. Now, you know what he's talking about? You know exactly what he's talking about. There's going to be sadness. Right here, there's going to be sorrow. He knows in just a very few hours. They will all have denied him. They will all have run away from him. They will all have betrayed him. And then he will have been arrested. He will have been lied about. He will have undergone trial after mock trial after mock trial. And he will have stood before the people. Pilate will have refused to save him even though he's innocent and Pilate knows it. He will have had this crown of thorns placed on his head. People will have spit in his face and slapped him and mocked him. And then He will be taken and hanged on a cross to die for the sins of mankind. He knows right now, as soon as they take the Lord's Supper for the first time and then sing a song, they're going to the garden. And He knows what's going to happen in the garden. In the garden, He's going to weep and He's going to cry and He's going to sweat like drops of blood. And He's going to ask God. He's going to beg His Father. And the answer's going to be no. And then this Judas that he's just sent away, that the other disciples don't know where he's gone, is going to come and betray him with a kiss. He knows all of that. And he knows these men love him. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Amen? Yes, anyone here love Jesus? Would it devastate you to be with him and see them do that to him? Would make you sad? Would you shed a tear? It did to these guys. He said, you're going to be sorrowful. You're going to be devastated and sad. And the world, the world's going to rejoice. Those, those Roman soldiers, except for the centurion, those Roman soldiers are going to laugh and they're going to joke and they're going to gamble on his clothes. They're going to spit at him and mock him. It's just going to be a big game to them and not you you're gonna see me die and you're gonna think it's over peter's gonna say i'm going back to fishing i'm done it's over we thought he was going to be king and he's not going to be king he's dead he said but that'll be turned that sorrow because he knows this too he knows he's going to be in that grave for three days and three nights And he knows that the angels are going to come and they're going to roll that stone away from that grave. And the women are going to come in the morning and they're going to look for him. And when they come and they look for him, what they're going to find instead is an empty tomb, an empty grave. And they're going to go back and they're going to tell the disciples, Jesus is risen. And the disciples are not going to believe that. And they're going to run and they're going to get to the grave. And Peter's just going to run right in and look around for him. And he knows he's going to appear to him. And Thomas isn't going to be there. And Thomas is going to go, no way, guys, I'm not buying this. And then he's going to appear to Thomas and say, Thomas, you can touch my hands. And Thomas will know he's the Lord. And then all of a sudden, all this stuff is going to begin to make sense. That Jesus is the king, but he's not a physical king. That he has a kingdom, but it's not a kingdom of this world. It's a kingdom that people see when they become a part of the kingdom. That's his answer to Thaddeus. It's going to be that kingdom where he is king and he reigns over the hearts and minds of the people who love him and will do what he says to do. So how do you know about this, this story? How do you know about Jesus? Where'd you first hear about Jesus? Do you remember the first time you heard about this story? Many of you were probably raised in Christian homes. Did you know they have never, ever discovered a tribe on an island or in a jungle somewhere that knows this story? They never have. The native religions, they you know, there are millions of people who live in Muslim countries don't know this story. Never heard it. Millions of people who live in Hindu nations that don't know this story. They never heard it. They don't know about Jesus. They don't understand what he did. They don't know what happened. They never heard this. How do you know? Why do you know? You say, well, you know, I was raised in America. In America, we believe in Jesus, right? In America, we hear about Jesus. Got Christmas and got Easter, right? If but no other time, we do it at Christmas and Easter, right? In this whole discussion, Jesus has talked about this particular message, how people are going to see, how people are going to know, how God is going to be revealed to Christians and not to the world. He said it starts with the father. Jesus said, it's not even the things that I myself say in many times. He said, I don't speak of myself. I just speak what the father says in this very context. He said this in John 14, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, the word which I, which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. The good news, the gospel, the plan that God loves you and and me and will save us through His Son, that came from the Father. But have you ever met Jesus? Jesus said, "I'm run one telling you this, but I got it from my Father." Have you ever met Jesus? You ever talked to him? I haven't. Talked to a guy one time told me he had. His name was Rocky. He said Jesus come through the ceiling of his bedroom. Talked to him. I. <laughs> I don't really believe that happened. The guy took a lot of drugs. But you know what? I've never talked to Jesus. I bet you anything you haven't. I mean, talk to him, but he's never talked back to you. How do you know this story? Well, you know the way you know this story. He explained it in this very context. He said, I'll send the Holy Spirit, the comforter, and he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. He told the apostles, he said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send somebody and he's going to remind you of everything I've said. And he's not going to speak his own stuff. He's going to speak what I tell him to speak. And I'm speaking what the father told me to speak. So he's going to be bringing this same message to you that the father gave me to bring to you. I'm going to give it to him and he's going to remind you of it. Everything I ever said. And the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So he's going to remind you of everything I said. There's not going to be anything that's said that I wanted you to know that you forget. That'd be a great blessing, wouldn't it? To not ever forget. So they're going to know everything. And you know, these apostles, these twelve, including Thaddeus, that were sent out with this message. The Holy Spirit gave that all to them. And the Bible says that they wrote that down for us. Jesus sent them a little bit later. He said, I want you to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. You know what they preached? The commands of Jesus. You know the Holy Spirit. So the Father told Jesus, Jesus Sent, told them and sent the Holy Spirit to remind them of everything he said. And they took that and they preached it everywhere they went. And not only did they preach it, but they wrote it down. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. An apostle wrote that. Did you know in your Bible, in the New Testament... About 200 times it talks about writing down the commandments of God. Do you know that? How do you know what God wants you to do? How do you know this story? Well, you know this story because you and I have read it or somebody has read it and told it to us. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear Without a preacher. You know what I've done this morning. Is I've stood up here. And I've told you about Jesus. And I've told you about him dying. For you. And for sin. And I've told you. About him coming out of the grave. And you know how I knew all that stuff. Because I've been reading his word. That came from the apostles. That was, came from the Bible. That was written by the apostles. That came to them from the Holy Spirit. That was sent by Jesus. Who was speaking the words of his father. In heaven. You see that's the way you and I know. This is how we know about Jesus. This is the answer. Of Jesus. To Thaddeus' question. How are you going to reveal yourself to us. And not to the world. The way that happens. And it will happen for you. If you'll open God's word. If you'll listen to God's word. And you'll know God's word. You'll know God. And he'll come and he'll dwell with you. And it'll be different. It'll be different from the people in the world. You'll be different. Because God will dwell with you. He'll make you a new person. He'll give you a new heart. He'll cleanse you from your sin. And you'll begin to look at the world differently. You'll look at the money you can make. You'll look at that different. You'll look at the opportunities you have different. You'll look at the problems and challenges you face different. Because you're seeing them the way he saw them. And that's different. That's not the way that we see. So the story goes on with Thaddeus. Jesus, Thaddeus understood, is the Word that was revealed. And the Word is obeyed and lived out in you. You know the Bible in John chapter 1, the guy who wrote... The gospel tells us about Thaddeus' question. Said, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. You know why I believe he calls Him the Word? Because if you took Jesus and perfectly wrote Him down, which the apostles did, what you would have is the Bible. And if you took the Bible and made that into a walking, talking, living, breathing person, you would have Jesus. He is the living Word. That's Jesus. And Thaddeus knew that. Thaddeus understood that in I believe, at some point in this answer. You live that in your life and when someone learns the, of the Living Word and accepts through faith that word and obeys that word, Jesus Christ is manifest in him. We had a Bible study Wednesday night and we talked about how odd and unusual it is for Christians to submit to those in authority over them when the people in authority over them are unfair and harsh. That's weird. That doesn't happen in the world, but happens in Christ. It's weird. It doesn't happen in the world to forgive people who've really, really wronged you in a bad way, but it happens in Christ. Christians are different. And if you're not different, it's because you don't love God enough to do what He tells you to do. That's just the bottom line. And if you love Him enough to do what He tells you to do, you will be different. And the world will see that. People around you, they'll see, that guy's different. That, that girl, she's, she's different. She's not like everybody else. And people with a heart to seek after God will see that. So is He revealed in you? Is He revealed in you other than just on Easter? Is He revealed in you other than just on Sunday? Sunday? Is He revealed in you every day of the week when you live your life and where you go? Is He revealed in you with your children? Is He revealed in you with your parents? With your spouse? With your co-workers? With your neighbors? Do they see Jesus revealed in you? He was revealed in Thaddeus. You know whatever happened to Thaddeus? We don't know for sure, but historical tradition tells us that Thaddeus was beheaded for his faith. And there's, a, there's a, an old, old picture of a symbol where they say Thaddeus' bones are buried. And I don't know if it's really his bones there or not. But you see the, the axe there in the middle of that picture? We do know that Thaddeus gave his life for his faith. He gave his life because he believed He gave his life because Jesus was in him. You see, he was not the same man after this. And Jesus had told them, I won't leave you all alone, I will come back. I believe Jesus did come back. He came back and he was with them and he said, you will live because I live. And I want you to know that I believe Thaddeus died, but I believe Thaddeus lives today. I believe Thaddeus lives today with the Father. And I believe just as all the apostles live today, you and I can live today with the Father. And I would ask you, what happens to you? What's going to happen to you? You will die. Right? When you die, you're going to face God. When you face God, did you obey Him or did you not? Did you love Him enough to do what He told you to do or did you not? You know, that's a life-changing question. It's a question I ask you today. Do you love Him enough to let it be the difference in your life? If you do, people will see Jesus in you. And if you do, you will never die because you obey the Word of the Lord. You will, you will leave this life, but you will live eternally. If you don't, then all the charades and all the pretense and all the occasional attendances at church and all the occasional good things you do all of that will be for nothing it takes that that decisive choice so today we offer you that opportunity I call on you to make that choice today you may have been baptized you may go to church you may not I don't know But I can tell you this, today you can say, you know what, from now on I am. I'm genuine. I'm in. I'm all in. And I'm going to do what he tells me to do. And I know I'll mess up, but I'm going to keep doing it anyway. And I'm going to change. I'm going to turn the direction. You can make that choice, that decision today. Or you can go, well, went to church and go on about your life. Maybe you've already made that decision. If you have, I encourage you in that. If you have any spiritual need where you you want to express that before the congregation to have us pray with you and for you, or you want to be baptized into Christ to be his follower, whatever that opportunity is for you, it's presented right now. If you will come to the front and make that need known while we stand and sing.